0: The state of education is in a fucked up situation. Stop treating us like peasants or test dummies.
1: And really listen to what we have to say.
0: It's time we're all students, teachers, parents, administrators. we all voices are heard. Last year during the BET Awards, Tyler Perry told us that we needed to create our own table. And since nobody has thought to bring the teachers into this conversation, I'm glad that I have a table at 30-something inversion ready and waiting for administrators, students, teachers, and parents to hold an open, honest conversation about how we feel about going back to school amid a pandemic for the 2021 school year. No, we all don't have the answers, but we all deserve to be heard. We all deserve to have our voices and our opinions heard and somehow put into the solution. So join me tonight with my colleagues and friends as we go into the umpteenth Zoom meeting that we've attended this year to discuss this on 30 something inversion, keep watching and listen to our voices. We deserve to be heard. I'm Akela. I'm thirty-something, a virgin, yeah. host, English teacher, MC, hey. everything. Back
2: in. I guess Mr. B, you gonna go next. Hey, uh, good evening, everybody. I'm Gregory Neela Jr. Uh, I'm a teacher, basketball coach. Um, I teach uh PE, physical <laughs> education.
0: Just
3: feel
0: free
3: to jump in. Hey everybody. <laughs> of course, that would happen. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Adrienne Hudson. I am a former English teacher, uh, founder and executive director of a nonprofit that is committed to improving education in high poverty areas, specifically the Mississippi Delta region of the state of Mississippi. And in addition to that, I will be entering my very first year as a uh, head lead principal of a school. So I'm really excited about that. I have some experience as an assistant principal and lead teacher, but this will be my first year as principal of a school. So I'm really excited about that.
0: Hey everybody,
4: I'm Zakia Farr. I'm a English teacher and team lead in Houston.
5: Paper, Rock, Scissors, Pinto. Paper, Rock, Scissors, Pinto. Yes, I'll go next. Uh, okay. Chris <laughs> Pinto, friend of the one and only Miss Miles, um, high school math teacher and also a curriculum writer for the KIP Foundation.
4: And bringing up the rear, uh, my name is Cornelius Yancey. I am a geometry uh, teacher. I also teach Algebra One at Houston, Sunnyside. Um, Glad to be here.
0: Thank y'all so much for joining. Everybody on here is somebody that I I really, really respect and appreciate y'all of me in so many ways, just like a big shout out to Miss Hudson, my favorite assistant principal ever. Uh, she always looks out for me. So thank you all for joining. Um, I just wanna start off first by just thinking like us all, I guess sharing like, what are our thoughts about opening back up in August? Um, I was looking at like emails from, so I work at KIPP as well, and <clears throat> looking at mil- mil- uh, emails from the CEO. Self the CEO now, right? She's not the superintendent anymore. So looking at an email from her and it pretty much said that it, from the looks of it, I haven't seen anything recently, but from the looks of it that we would start like with a hybrid school where we would have, have like a weekend, a weekend, then we have a week where it's virtual, X, Y, and Z, uh, and it continues that way. And we would, kids parents with every six weeks depending upon the cases of coronavirus would
5: opt in
0: to either completely virtual or hybrid depending upon like how the cases were um i'll start off by saying i just i don't feel comfortable with it like just thinking about like we couldn't get kids to keep up their pants take off your hood, and now i gotta keep you in a I i gotta keep you in a face mask which is Sort of like suffocation for the most part, <laughs> you know, like thinking about being at a Kip it's school at nine hours. So thinking about that kid having to be in that all day, um, saying that they can't utilize uh each other's stuff. Come on. They can't touch each other, they gotta be apart. Um, and I think some some schools are even talking about um, like here in Mississippi and Tunica County, I was told that the they're talking about like keeping the kids in one room and the teachers rotate. Uh, I just don't feel like it's safe for the kids or the, like, the staff. Um, I feel like it's gonna be, I've been sharing a couple of posts, and I shared this one post where the young said that, you know, what are you gonna do once that PE teacher catches it and then half of the school is on quarantine? Like, it's, like, a big mistake. I don't... I want the kids to be educated, true. Like, I do want that. I love my job. I love teaching. But I don't think that we're thinking about this in a way of, like, saving lives. I think this is more of, like, an economical thing. Anybody want to jump in? And feel free to say exactly what you feel if you want to use a cuss word, whatever it is, you know. This is your
2: (laughs) your way. Well, I'm I'm not really comfortable either because I already know it might sound funny, but I already know where the teacher, teacher may be out sick with COVID. I'm gonna have to watch their class all week, so. <laughs> me, me being a PE teacher, so I, I I ain't really comfortable with that. Then I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm a parent of a child that's in high school. This in high school also and mm-hmm. I really ain't, I, I ain't really getting no clear plans or whatever, was going on. But I really don't want my child back in the field.
0: So you're saying as a I'm parent- feel a of the unknown. I agree, I agree with
3: Greg. I think a lot of what you know parents and educators are what we're facing is the unknown like that's the big issue is that it's, it's scary it is scary I mean I won't even get into my personal uh side and just some issues that you know of, of things that I've seen personally just surrounding the the crisis and COVID but from what I'm hearing from my teachers from uh other parents, and especially parents of little people, right? Like, I have a four-year-old who would be going to school, and to even imagine a four-year-old in a mask most of the day, and not items that other people had. We've taught them all their lives to share. So, like, how are we supposed to now uh, go back and undo all of that in the name of um let's get back to work. Because um, that's basically what it's about. Everybody needs to get back to work so that the economy can work. But on the other hand of that, so I see it. I, I see it. I feel it. I have the same anxiety. But on the other hand of that, I do think it's going to be very difficult to provide a high quality education for l- little people, especially without ever seeing them right like if you were doing it totally virtual and you're trying to teach a first grader how to write letters or you know a kindergartner how to read like a lot of those things are going to be a lot more difficult in a virtual setting personally I still think that before I can start to teach you anything I need to make sure you're safe I go back to Maslow's I go back to that hierarchy of uh, needs And I know for me, as a parent, as an educator, now I'm going to go above and beyond. If they say we have to come to work, guess what I'm doing? I'm showing up at work. I'm showing up all in. I'm going to do the absolute best I can do for kids. Um, But I understand the anxiety. I totally get it. And um, I
0: feel it as well. So I just to piggyback and like echo what a lot of people have said already i do not feel comfortable going back into the classroom um and the school i work at is an hisd it is a very large high school we service 2800 kids so even running a hybrid where 25 percent of the kids is there that's almost 700 kids um and it, it almost feels like no one is actually, or people who are having these conversations have never been in a classroom before or into the schools. Um, one of the first meetings we had at HISD when my principal was saying about how old students will be required to wear masks. And first thing I said was the students, we can't get to wear their IDs around their necks. We don't have them wear masks all day. Um, And so I I understand that the school provides so much and so many holes in society or fields in in school buildings. It's not safe for students and it's not safe for teachers because even if we group students to where the teachers rotate, I'm still exposed to over 200 something kids at my high school because of how large it is. and as difficult as online learning is and online teaching is, because I'll tell anybody in a moment, I'd rather be in my classroom. It is so much easier. And I love my classroom. But in the same token, like, I have underlying health issues. My mother is 70 years old and immunodeficient. Um, I have infant nieces and a pregnant best friend and all of these people who are in my life that I want to protect, um, that I don't feel like I should be in a position where I have to martyr myself because I love my job. Yeah, it does feel like they want us to put, like i like piggybacking off what everybody else said and sort of like focusing on like something that Adrian said about like, yeah, I'm gonna, if they tell me I gotta come back, I wanna go back and do my job. And in that same vein, I feel just like you, like they want us to like, I feel like everybody wants the teachers to now put your life on the line. Damn, whatever it is that's going on with you, damn, whatever it is that you feel, your job is that you teach and you educate. And because you do that, you are now to be put on the front lines, no matter how fucked up it is, no matter how in jeopardy you could be, you need to do that. I just feel like you like that's like completely unfair on all facets.
4: Well, not not only is it unfair, but not only is it unfair to us, but let's think about it on a holistic level. I mean, you know, all it takes is one person to spread it to a million people, you know, Mm -hmm. and and once that gets into the atmosphere or once it gets um, into a population, you know, it's just a trickle-down effect, you know, is, you know, that... You get, you infect one, which come in contact with 10 others that might get five more. So what, at this point is, what are we doing to control it? Is this what we should be doing to control it? I mean, you know, um, we won't think, I know the main thing in politics right now is getting the economy back on, on track, but how is that helping the economy get back on track? And so I think as for leaders, they need to think of it more so of a holistic point of view instead of just looking at it as dollars and cents. Is
5: that everyone? Okay, I guess I'll go next. (laughs) Yeah, I think we're all on the same page as far as like politics and economy go and I was even reading that they're thinking about doing a back-to-work bonus to incentivize teachers. So it's like Four hundred to seven hundred bucks a week to go back, so on top of your already paychecks So it really has come down to a matter of like, you know, a few months ago we went from oh, teachers deserve so much more and teachers are like the core and blah, you know, like this appreciation to now like up oh, they're the front line, they got to get back in the classroom to the point where the current admin is even suggesting uh, budget reform for schools that refuse to open back up in the fall. So it really is this big like monopoly of, they really run education as a business, right? Betsy Dubois has never served a day in the classroom. So how on earth is she making all of these decisions and influencing the decisions for educators? And I mean, as a math teacher it, uh, I mean, any content really, students are gonna miss out. And yes, I i get it. Like we want normalcy, we want um, we want everything to be back to normal, we want to act like it didn't happen, but the truth is it's still happening. And I remember back in March, you know, we thought, oh, you have two weeks, we'll be back April 1st. And then April came around and it said, oh, we're not going back till next year. And now it's the summer and they just don't want to, there's no clear solution, it's, there's no right or wrong. And if we open up, people are gonna be mad and scared. And if we don't open up, people are gonna be mad and scared. So it's really this, catch-22 of, is there actually an optimal solution? Is there a solution that even, I really don't think there is, cause like Akilah, I'm diabetic as well, so I'm immunocompromised, so that means one kid gets sick or I get sick, we're all exposed, so then what happens? And then the issue too of like, most educators only get 10 days off a year, and if I get the coronavirus because you, the system enables people, persons, to be back in the classroom, Who's gonna, I'm not using my sick days. You better give me Corona leave and I still expect disability and some kind of payment like you put me there. I'm forced to keep my job. Why do I have to, I mean, the math doesn't even make sense too, right? Cause it's two weeks and 10 days, it's not two weeks. So someone tell me where those other four days are gonna come from. So I think we're all on the same page in terms of, yes, we want normalcy, but also not at the expense of the lives of like our students, our educators, our children.
4: Corona
0: leave,
4: huh? Go ahead, go ahead, yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. Nah, I, I was just laughing at Corona leave. I think we should uh, put that in all schools, Corona leave.
0: I think another issue for me, I think another issue for me is that a lot of these decisions are being made and they're looking at schools that don't look like the ones that we teach at or the majority of schools in, in the United States like we're looking at really affluent areas where everybody has everything and so forth and that's just not that's not the face of education for the majority like i i work at a title one school where anywhere between um our last numbers was 30 and 60 percent of our school are either undocumented or come from undocumented families we're 100 fed we have students who are essential workers, whose parents are essential workers, who, okay, you're wearing a mask at here, but you might not be wearing a mask at home. We don't know, like, what comes from where. Um, And I get it. In the same token, virtual learning is something that is optimal in affluent areas where everybody has access to technology and everybody has access to things. Um, And there is no right solution, but looking at a a pandemic that literally disproportionately affects the population that I am in and that I service. And asking, not just me to go back, but asking for, and I just keep thinking of my high school, it's 20, we service 2,800 kids. That's, that's insane and they're gross. Kids are fucking gross. Like they don't, (laughs) when I promise, when the news of Corona and stuff first came out and they were talking about starting um, winter or spring break early, I'm walking through the hallways of my school telling kids to stop sucking face, stop kissing each other. It's all over the news. Like, You can't, we're gonna talk about the fact that you want kids to stay distant and they haven't seen each other in four or five months. Um, And like, we see these like viral videos of the two little girls who haven't seen each other and they like, run and hug and oh, that's so cute until there's 2,800 of them. And you are like, what the? I, I can't, I can't even wrap my mind around me can you speak yeah. to the student wanting to be back in the class like why it's so urgent for you to get back in the class while you feel safe with that like going back into the class can you speak to that i'm sorry for whoever i cut off i
1: apologize please don't feel. oh
0: you're
1: me. fine i don't know so speaking from the student perspective as a senior w- my class really wants to get back in the classroom just because it is our senior year um i me personally i understand about the COVID-19 and all of the repercussions from it, but at the same time, I don't work hard these long, 12 years and the least I could do is just sit in one classroom all day. Now, speaking of what Miss Fard just said about, I see kids running to see each other because they haven't seen each other in so long. Me, personally, what I've thought about that is, I'm going to do that with the friends that houses I have been uh, to throughout this uh, quarantine. But the people that I haven't been to, I don't know where they've been, I don't know who they've been around, What they've been exposed to, y'all stay on that side of the fence but the people that i know where you've been i've been around you whatever you had i got it already i'm gonna still run up and hug them because i know what they've been through but at the same time just as a senior i have to go back and if it's not an option for us to go back then at the same time it's like why do i need to do this online because in the last year of switching to online i look at my grades and they came through Online, it looked like I did everything right, but I went to all B's uh, on my report card, and that's not acceptable at all for me or my parents just because I worked hard, harder to do it online than in the classroom.
0: Ms. person, what were you gonna say before? <laughs>
3: No, I get it. You know, I get that he uh, is representing. uh, Look, you're in a minority today, Mr. Elwood. So I appreciate your voice in this room amongst a lot of educators who are, I I just want you to live to see graduation. Like, that's kind of the thing that's on my mind. It's like, and I know I'm looking at the numbers and people are saying, well, it's only a small percentage and it's only, you know, I mean, but point. 5% 5% of 200, what, 2,800? What, I mean, I just, I wouldn't want that on my conscience. I'm just being honest. But that was not the point I was gonna make. The point I was gonna make was that many of the districts that are currently uh, coming up with plans for students to return even in a hybrid uh, fashion one of the main things that they're doing is to check for safety is to allow for infrared or some type of temperature check as students are entering the building. And that's kind of the going consensus of, this is where we need to start to try to make sure that people, the people who are coming in are not infected. And I think just from a personal standpoint, I'm seeing that uh, with so many of our friends from uh, the Mississippi State Legislature currently being faced with corona uh, as a issue in their homes because they went to the Capitol to serve and to give of themselves to this community and to our state. But they put themselves at risk. They put their families at risk. And every single day, somebody was checking temperatures before you could even enter the building. So if you're checking temps before you get into the building, and we still ended up with this outbreak uh, within our state legislature, I don't see how checking temps at the front door is going to be the end all be all of, and I know they're not saying that, oh, when you do this, this is enough. But that's kind of what we keep hearing is we're gonna check temps and you all wear masks until you get in the class and once you get in the class then you stay, you know, six feet apart. So I, I, I just don't know if that is enough. Because again, I say there were people who had their temp checked on Monday, for example, and then on Tuesday they don't start feeling well. I mean, you know, they're not feeling well and then Hey, guess what? They take this test and they've been diagnosed with COVID. So I just feel like that is, that's not enough. And yeah. your life is valuable, Mr. Edwards. You're a your senior year experience is valuable too. But I wouldn't want that on my conscience if I had any choice or say so in the matter but I will ask this question in your districts are they offering an option for virtual learning because I, I see that a lot in Mississippi like that's what they're saying like you don't have to go back to school that uh, we're gonna offer something virtually for the parents who don't want to send their kids back where you can still uh, participate in class and do the lessons I'm wondering if that's an option for you guys out in Texas
5: depends on the district so right now that's a conversation that's happening but it's there's no official decision and supposedly august 1st is when they'll start getting the pieces moving but with like kip they suggested six different alternatives but like regardless of what they decide to do i think the biggest issue is that teachers are gonna be doing the work of two or three teachers normally because whether you're in person like if we're in person i'm gonna be there If we're online, I gotta be there. If I have half my kids online and the other half in person, I'm teaching the same thing twice. And if I have multiple preps, I'm doing four teachers in one here. And I know like same thing that happened this past semester of like, oh, you need to use uh, this platform, this platform and this platform. And uh, none of us know how to do it, but you need to be able to do it by next week. That was like the big, uh, that was the big thing. Um, Yes, because Miles and I, we would have these daily, daily vent fest, but to speak to the math of the situation, cause I teach statistics, so I, I love talking about this. Cause there's a lot of math involved in the situation, is that we are looking at it from a, the people that want to send us back are looking at it as a proportion of the population, right? So yeah, when you put the total number of people who have it over the total population and you get that one or 2%, yeah, that looks like, oh, okay, one or 2% of a million people, that's still like a hundred to a thousand people, but they're like, whatever, lives are expendable. And so really it's a conditional probability because the math that we're working with these are only people who have died based on testing positive so this isn't including false positives this isn't including asymptomatic residents this isn't including people that um, had false negatives and so really the situation is significantly worse than what we're making it out to be but because everything is now treated as this urgent like Get back to the economy and normalize everything and we need to get back out there it's not a big deal that's just what's concerning to me it's that the cost of like lives it's not the economy at this point like it's really lives are the economic standpoint now like we're totally comfortable like why would you sacrifice no risk for minimal risk that just doesn't seem uh, feasible like yes everyone stays home you have virtually no chance of passing it I mean, there's still some association with essential workers and whatnot, but by putting us into that classroom, by the system saying, we have to go back, they are, they are putting lives on the line here.
0: I wanna say as a teacher of seniors, Mr. Edwards, I, I'll tell you the same thing that I told my seniors this year, I could not imagine not having prom, not having graduation, not having grad night, not being like, I can't imagine it, right? And college is so much more fun. And I want you to like live to see college. (laughs) I couldn't imagine, like I can't imagine going, not going to prom, right? However, I can also not imagine going to every, like, PP cotillion that I went to because those were so much more fun. And I I am trying to reconcile that because I teach seniors. Y'all are my babies. And I have to look at your face and say, hmm, as much as I love you, I don't want you in this space because it's not safe. Like at 17, 18, you rather be in the classroom and you, you are saying that you will stay away from the people that you don't know. But you know, as you were saying that, you can name off five people off the top of your head who's who not gonna care. <laughs> you can name five people off the top of your head who's not going to care and those five people are the ones, <laughs> those five people are the ones that we have to like, look out for, right? Um, And on a different note, the one thing I keep screaming in my head every time administration tells me about, they are going to check, there's two things really. They're going to check temperatures at the door. We have one school nurse, 2,800 kids who's checking temperatures. Two, asymptomatic means no symptoms, including a fever. (laughs) So if you are an asymptomatic carrier, you aren't going to ever show a fever. That does not mean you cannot pass COVID on to someone else. Um, and then just to, to like, echo, um, Mr. Pinto is, I am, I am a teacher who is triple prepped. If you can believe it, <laughs> I teach a triple prep already. That means that when we go into regular classroom face to face, I am doing the work of three teachers because I teach. 10th grade pre-IB, I teach 11th grade IB, I teach 12th grade IB, and those are three different curriculums, three different lesson plans, three different groups of kids. If you, who's going to do the hybrid? Because they're like, oh, well, the live stream classes. Well, who's monitoring kids online? Because I can't both monitor kids in class and online. I can't be two places at once. You already expect me to be two and three places at once. and you're not going to pay teachers more. You're talking about paying teachers less. In HISD, they're talking about paying teachers less and saying things like, oh no, it's fine. We've also been told that we have to be prepared to, if we are in person one day and there's an outbreak in the school or the city, we have to be prepared and have it planned to the next day be able to go full virtual. If that is, and these are things like our superintendent has said, if that is the fallback, if you are telling me to pre- be prepared to at any given moment pack up and be able to go full virtual girl, then why are we going back face to face?
1: Sorry. Um, and then echoing on from you. Okay. For my specific campus, we have three schools under one earth and that nurse herself has a baby girl, so she's really not gonna be there every day. i that campus. I know there's one nurse in three schools. (laughs) And the nurse is better there now, so what you think she's gonna be there? Every morning on time? Then on top of that, um, just looking at it for Class of 2021 and from me helping teachers in the past. We can't get kids to stay six feet during a test, so how are we gonna get kids to stay six feet in a hallway that's stoppy? So.
0: Oh, I just flashback and I'm so excited already. Looks like flashback. I see Miss Green just joined. Miss Green, you want to introduce yourself and jump in?
6: Hi, I'm Miss Green. Um, I'm sorry, y'all. I've been, I've had a trying week. Um, I no Corona over here, but um, I've had kidney stones all week, so I'm a little late to the party. My meds and had me loopy, but um, I'm a former teacher with Miss Miles. I now teach for one of the ISDs. Um, And from my perspective, I'm a parent. And if I gotta choose between the health and safety of those kids and my kids, uh, I'm gonna choose mine every single time, like each and every single time.
0: What is your ISD, has your ISD said anything specifically or like a, like a roundabout plan, anything that they, like ideas that they've come up with?
6: Um, given my position, um, I'm actually in the position where I hear more than what the average teacher would. Um, I will commend my ISD for the fact that they've been very communi- communicative, even if it's the, just to say, hey guys, we still don't know anything either. Um, like if you, I don't know, like we have some hybrid models out there, the extended school year was already completely thrown out, but I'm just speaking, like, I'm trying to figure out how they think this is all going to work. Like, I'm in a densely populated school, and where where are all these kids going to go? Because, you know, more often than not, people will opt for in-person, like, classes just so that they don't have to deal with their children, quite frankly, or not so that they don't have to, but because they can. Like, they're not going, you know, they have to work. So it's like, not many people are gonna sign on for full virtual, so where are all these kids supposed to go? Like, where's, where's the learning in classroom? Within the confines of the CDC guidelines, with six feet apart, when at the heaviest I had thirty-six kids in the class, where are they gonna go?
0: And with my and then you having to clean up behind them after everything.
6: And they paid me to be a teacher. I'm not, you know, that's not my ministry. Like I didn't sign up to have to clean myself in between classes. Like that's just not, you know, that's not for me. That's not my calling. That's not what I've been charged to do. I've been charged to teach kids. I've been charged to help teachers teach their kids. So given my position, not only do I come into contact with, you know, 120 to 150 of my own students every day, but I'm supposed to coach other teachers, which means I'm supposed to go into their classrooms as well and be around their kids, so it's like, who's gonna do all that? Don't so I don't. It's a
0: lot. Miss Green, that was one of the first questions I asked my principal when they said that the desks were going to be six feet apart. I told him and reminded him in my fifth period class I have thirty two desks and thirty six kids.
6: Like, where are they gonna go? because messing around with me they'll be in the classroom and I'll be outside the classroom with the door open in the hallway teaching from there because give me all of my six feet like I'm I'm the teacher that already has tape around her desk already that signifies that this is my area so I already don't play with people in my space so this It's just calamity and chaos, and I don't know who's supposed to fix it, but I find it funny how the people that are making the decisions are closed until January 1st for health and safety, but we supposed to go in the building.
0: I didn't realize until I had a conversation with one of my friends who isn't an educator. she works in corporate. And her thing is that she would have to take FMLA if her kids were to stay home. But she wouldn't qualify for FMLA because the schools are available. And so now she's in a situation where she would have to be faced when choosing, am I going to send my kids to school or send my kids virtual? Like, like virtual. Her thought process automatically goes to, so I have to pick between having a job or keeping my kids safe. And she has said that like, fortunately she's in a position where her and her husband could swing one income. But if she's in that position, I'm just thinking about all the other families who will have to come down and be like, well, if you open the school back up, that means that I can no longer take my FMLA leave while my kids are at home.
6: Right. And see, fortunately for me, my kids, my oldest goes to private school anyway. I'm sending my younger one there too whenever the schools open back up. I feel like in that setting, it's a small school, maybe 150 to 200 kids total. They can manage six feet of distance. You know, his school is so small that all the elementary grade levels are in one room and there's only like 20 of them. They could easily be split between two rooms and have that distance. So, like, if it came down to it, I'm not worried about where my kids will go. But what I am worried about is being in, you know, being amongst other other students. Like, that's the concern. And bringing them something back home because the ISDs can't manage the number of kids that a small facility like my son's school can
0: Do y'all have an issue, any teachers on here or like administrator or, or Mr. Anthony, do y'all have issues or take issue with going back to school virtually when we first opened? No.
6: I was, I feel like for me, I was a more effective <laughs> person. I didn't have people in my face. I didn't have people bothering me. Um, like some of my kids that never showed up to class ever like, skipped habitually, excelled in an online environment. I'm like, okay, baby, you just need to be in a room by yourself with a computer. Like, that's all it was. Like, it's too many distractions in this building for you. You really just need your own space. So, I mean, for me, like, I saw it, it brought out some positives for a lot of my kids. So,
3: for me, I don't have a problem with the uh, uh, virtual That's not the issue. I think it's just me and practicality, right? So I wanna make sure that what we're doing is practical for the people that I serve. And at the end of the day, that's what I am, I'm a servant. And so my parents, if they don't have anywhere else for their kids to go, if they don't have any, I get it. Look, I'm, I'm balancing the same thing. I have a little person with respiratory issues, so I totally understand, but at the same time, it's, it's almost just like if nurses and doctors decided that they weren't gonna go and show up and give their all every day because their lives were on the line as well. As educators, I feel like if our answer is basically our parents have to suck it up and there I don't I don't think that, that that can be the answer either. That's all I I get that it's frustrating. I'm probably more afraid than anybody else when it comes to just being uh, anxious and really nervous about going back to school and being back in our settings, Uh, especially for you guys who have extremely large schools. I totally, I get it, I get it. But I also, I'm torn. I'm, I'm very torn because I know that we have made a commitment to kids. And I know that saying, you know, our kids, we, we have a better option for our kids, but we have a better option for our kids because somebody sacrificed and made sure that we had a high quality education that allowed us to have better opportunities. And I'm just, with my kids, for the most part, we're talking, 100% free and reduced lunch. We're talking one of the highest poverty stricken areas in the country. My answer can't be that uh, they just got to suck it up and deal with it when I know that for a lot of my parents they don't have a they don't have a choice. They would they would rather many of my parents would rather that their kids could stay at home with them and they could keep them full time but that that's just not an option for them. So I would just rather that the people who are making the decisions, they bring us to the table and try to allow more educators to be a part of the discussion. And I think that's it for me.
6: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, um, my district has done a good job, I will say, of making teachers a part of the conversation. Like, I've been in three or four focus groups with parents, teachers, students, and, you know, not just the powers that be making the decisions. Um, but to your point, like I I feel like the thing that separates us from doctors and nurses and, you know, healthcare professionals is the fact that they actually signed up to save lives, be responsible for lives, deal with people that are sick and at risk. And we did like I don't, I've never signed an oath that said, I'm willing to put my life on the line to teach kids like I'm here to educate and I, but I do get what you're saying in that schools are important but it's like schools have always been pillars of the community They're, they've always been safe havens for kids they've always been where a lot of kids you know eat it's the only place that they have to wash up like it's always been that way so since it's always been that way instead of like parents and teachers being pitted against each other like if schools are so important, fund them. Like, there should be no issue with funding something that you now see is a bedrock in most kids' lives.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. And one, one, uh, one of the people earlier spoke to the, the fact that there were going to be some type of hazard pay and other things that were going to be options where you guys are that would be helpful. Um, I will also say, though, even though we don't we don't do the Hippocratic oath, we kind of do agree to put our lives on the line. I mean, you think about all the school shootings, all the uh, opportunities where the kids are fighting, and teachers. I know teachers who've broken, gotten broken arms and broken backs. Like, it's a hazardous job. I mean, I get it. I told, I agree. I would much rather we don't have face to face school traditional. I would virtual school would be great. And I, I totally get what you're saying, but we kind of did. We signed up for a job that is one of the most hazardous and stressful jobs that we could have possibly signed up
0: Yeah, I just think that like with me, my thought is I don't I don't want it to be the reason that I I, I would love for it to be virtual. Is simply because right now we haven't found, like, it's not being handled properly. Like, the COVID-19 is not being handled properly at all. They don't have a cure. They don't know X, Y, Z. They nothing for it. And I feel like just to, like, stabilize it, to stop, try to stop the spread. We need to at least start off the fall as virtual. You know what I'm saying? Give us, give us the people more time. Give the hospitals a break. Do all that. Like in Houston from what I, I'm not in Houston right now, but I'm keeping up. And from what I see, they're saying like all of the hospitals are at capacity. Even here in Mississippi, they're saying that the hospitals are incapacitated. It's nurses saying like, we y'all please put on your mask? Like we can't stay in that house if you don't have to go anywhere. And like where I'm at in Mississippi, they having block parties and everything around here. <laughs> you hear me? They turning up. <laughs> they doing it all, right? And I just feel like the their mindset should be like, okay, we did it wrong. We fucked up. We shouldn't have opened up as early as we did. Now what we need to do is say, hey, This is what we're going to do, y'all. We're going to start virtually and we're going to make it as easy as possible for the parents by trying to provide, like how they started us off in Houston. We're going to try to provide hotspots. We're going to give you uh, internet for a couple of months, free X, Y, and Z to these communities that are stifled by like poverty and doing different things like that. Like we're going to do this for you until December. Then when December, like when January comes, you know, hopefully we'll have something. Or We'll we'll re-evaluate in December and tell you what we're going to do next in January. I just don't feel like it's like, like I, I agree with everything that everybody has said. Like we are servants. That's what we do. I've broken up several fights uh, <clears throat> and done many a thing. I'm a counselor some days. I'm, <laughs> I'm the person that feeds them some days. I'm, a, I'm their ride some days. You know what I'm saying? So like we, we sign up for this inadvertently, but I just don't feel like the decisions are being made properly for us, the teachers or the students.
6: It's like there's pre-kid teacher me, right? That was, you know, breaking up the fights all in, you know, in that way. And then there's post-kid teacher me. Like, I have to think from the perspective and view through the lens of if something happens to me, that affects the children I have at home. Not that I value the lives any less of the kids that, you know, come before me, Every day, I get called Mama, whatever else, you know, a million times a day. But it's like, for me, like I said, there was pre-teeth, there's pre-kid teacher me,
3: and post-kid teacher me. And I have and you to have think a about responsibility, right? You have a responsibility to your family. Right.
0: Absolutely. Mr. Yancy, Mr. Neely, Pinto, you know, as men, what do you all feel like? The nurturers are speaking, but as men, what do you all feel before we get ready to wrap up?
4: So for me, um, I'm, I don't know, just to put it as honest as possible, this whole thing is a clusterfuck. Like, <laughs> it's just jacked up 100%. And, like, I see everybody's points. Uh, for me, I'm, I kind of really want to get back to school. But uh, just because, of, you know, I'm, I'm a busybody, I like to be up and moving. But at the same time, um, I agree with everybody else. I have two kids of my own who I'm raising by myself. And one is eight and one is five. And I'm scared to even send them to school. But at the same time, I understand and I know the importance of them going to school. So I'm kind of like, um, it's, it's just a whole big clusterfuck. Um, I just wish that there was some kind of plan of leadership that could help us, or that would, you know, think on our level or come to us and say, Okay, what do you need? What can we do to support you guys and help you guys get to um, that point to where, you know, we could keep the education going? Because, make no mistake about it, like, if we don't come back until, uh, january you know even if we are having virtual school you know the kids are still going to be behind because the curriculum has to be taught a little bit slower because of you know the virtual learning there'll be kids that you know that have a harder time understanding or studying on their own outside of you know teaching or whatever so it's it's kind of crazy um I, I'm I really am just at a loss for words to even think of that we're at this point in life right now. You know, this is 2020, and we sitting up here. You know, we done got set back like 20, 30 years just by this little virus. So, um, I just wish that there was some kind of some more leadership that um, worked more hand in hand, so we can work together to kind of you know come up with solutions to just let us just go out here and just figure it out as we go, you know. So, that's my take on it. I, I really, I don't
2: really have much to say about it either. You know, I I see how everybody feel, and I agree with most of what, what you all are saying, but it's just how I am. If I if I gotta go back, I'm gonna go because I gotta go to work. If we don't go, go then good, but I'm not really either excited. I'm, I'm not really, you know, like they don't really made me any different. I don't want to go back, but if I have to, I got to go and I got to do it. Got a job got to do. Got to educate the kids. But then I, I understand what, what Miss Green was saying because I think she's speaking from a person that, speak, that does not feel, is, feel appreciated as an educator. Because, you know, you can go you can go above and beyond <laughs> at the school. Break your neck. Break a fight. Give the kid money. Pay for the tuxes if, you, if they need tuxes. And you still not appreciate. They don't appreciate us enough to bring us to the table and ask us how we feel about these things. So, that's just how I feel about it. And, man, I don't know. This is a very strange time. I know I don't want to go go to school the kids nothing and bring nothing back to my house this is what i'm mostly worried about so what i like i'm like miss green i'm gonna do what's best for my house first and then i'll go from there uh yeah
0: i'm
5: in an awkward bubble because i I'm single, I don't have anyone that I'm coming home to. Like if I get sick, I'm, I'm on my own, like you on your own boo. But why risk it? Like why, that's just my thing. It's like, yes, I would love normalcy. I would love quality leadership. I would love for our kids to not be set back behind because really this is two, two years of damage because we're missing out on the half a semester we already did. So you're technically starting teaching in last year, reparational teaching. So then you're missing out on this year and then going into the following year. So it's really two years worth of damage. The thing is, there's gonna be the internet. There's gonna be YouTube. There will always be needs to reteach material that that needs to be taught. I can't bring your kid back to life if they get sick going to a school because the government says it's okay. I I can teach your kids math. I can teach your, I can show your kids how to Google. I can teach kids how to advocate for themselves. I cannot bring back anyone from the dead. So why, why chance it and why say, yes, I'm a servant, I'm a teacher. I, you know, we're taking all these precautions. I just, again, I don't wanna trade no risk for minimal risk because at the end of the day, that minimal risk in demographics that look like ours of black and brown children, who are working, first generation, low income, bad infrastructure, low access to healthcare, food deserts, like are the people that don't, they don't recover from this illness. And that's why we have this disproportionate effect of it affecting black and brown children and black and brown people more. Like I know children are more likely to recover, but again, it's this gamble. And why gamble if you don't have to?
0: any final words from anybody else anything that you just want to say that you feel needs to be said and put out in an atmosphere for parents
5: to understand administrators to understand oh for parents yeah you all chose to have these children no i'm kidding i'm just <laughs> <laughs> seeing all the parents who are like send them back i'm like i get it but a few like last year y'all were saying that i was missing out because i don't have a family and now now you're trying to get rid of yours uh-uh
6: Um, Learning starts at home, Um, so, like, I get it. But, you know, I'm a high school teacher. I had to become a first grade teacher this year. And, you know, I had to make it work. Learning starts, stops, ends, begins at home. I think my words
0: aren't more toward parents because I kind of, like, can see their struggle um I'm more looking toward like government entities and you see all of these broken things and you're saying the schools need to open so it can fix or we can implement something else that is designed to do that right like oh the schools have to open because kids don't have food at home or we can open food banks for kids Oh, you know, parents don't have a place for kids to go because they need to work. Or we can implement child centers that people can afford. Like, we don't have to open up the schools and flood the schools, the schools. Although we are a pillar, we can no longer continue to be the, the, the end-all be-all. Like, I can't, I love being everything, I do. I'm I'm the teacher who kids come and cry to. I'm the teacher who... I stop breaking up fights because that's not my ministry. <laughs> I try to defuse fights, but once, them, once y'all start swinging, that's on y'all. That's between you and God. Um, but there's so many things that like we rely on schools for. And instead of taking the time and saying, what can we do to serve people? We live in such a capitalistic society. It's What's the quickest Band-Aid so that we can start making money again? And like, I don't want people to ever be confused into thinking that they, that the senators are sending their kids to school because they're not. Like the senators, the billionaires, the people making these decisions, they're not sending their kids to school. Yeah, that's true
4: anybody else have any final words well i would like to say um, i appreciate this forum that we got on um here to voice our opinions to get um everybody's opinions and to listen Um uh, it's definitely refreshing for me to have some intellectual conversation um sit, sitting around with kids all day every day you know uh, and it kind of gets on your nerves a little bit, I guess, to, to put it nicely. And so like, I, I appreciate, and I, I like everybody's point of views on, on everything that uh, we we're talking about and brought some, some things to light that needs to be heard, you know? And I think that's what <clears throat> we teach our students um, is to lift their voices. And so I think this is, a, we're at a point where us as teachers, we need to start lifting our voices and, and coming together and you know working towards you know what's right so i uh, appreciate you guys and um thank you for having me miss hudson mr Bealey i want to add anything
0: mr Edwards? No,
3: thank you for the opportunity. I've enjoyed chatting with you guys, and we absolutely, we all see it. Even if you listen to the conversations that we've had tonight, there are just so many um, issues surrounding it. But at the end of the day, safety has to come first. So uh, I wish you the best. Continue to keep rising with your podcast, and I'm loving 30-something Inversion. thank <laughs> you.
0: Me.
1: Great. The one thing that I'm walking away with is a little bit far-fetched about college and just life. And what I'm going to stress to my class is I would rather us as a collective whole to get the diploma to be able to get our degree and still have fun in life instead of go out and then you know, possibly not get done. Mm-hmm. But, done. but uh, yeah, uh, that is very important because you can do so much more once you get your diploma and degree rather than go get sick and then now you can't get anything because the school want to hold you back so, Yeah,
0: well, i am so appreciative for all of you all joining thank y'all so much uh you all were wonderful to work with and this conversation was so awesome! Um, my prayer is that it goes viral. Anthony's gonna be working on it tonight for us to uh, get it all set up so that we can drop this one actually tonight uh, on thirty-something version of YouTube page, the Facebook page, and all of that. Um, so again, thank you all so much for your wealth of knowledge and sharing like your ideas, your concepts, and just like Mr. Nancy said, it was just like really great to hold a conversation about this because I'm not gonna lie, I was I saw so many parents talking yesterday, and it was. I was like, wow, like I don't lost respect for so many people that I either went to college with or that were like high school friends of mine because I'm like, you you a fucking idiot at this point. Uh excuse, like I'm a cusser, so excuse that. But I was just like like, wow, like this really what you think? Like you this really how you feel at this particular point. But again, like thank you all so much for taking out an hour of your time to sit and chat with us. Uh we're so appreciative at 30 something virgin and I hope that I can get you all back on again. Uh, thank you all so, so very much. Vergers please listen to this conversation. We are all, all these educators and administrators gave you all some great information. Please think about your kids. Think about this logically. Think about what is going to be successful for your family. Don't just do this because you tired of them babies. Go on ahead, they giving them stamps out. Go on and get them stamps. Keep them the babies at home. Get them a little game. There's so many free apps out here to help you teach these little babies and work with them. You can go on YouTube, find something. Think about how you can plan out your day for your kids and you know like make it successful for your kids. Don't send your babies out there if you don't have to. Don't think that the teachers don't want to go back to work. We do, but we're parents. We stay at home with parents. We help parents. We're just afraid, just as afraid as you are. We want the world to go back to normal too. But right now, this is our new normal and we need to find a good way to adjust it. So again, you all, thank you all so much for being with us. Please, please make sure when it drops that y'all share, share, share. I love y'all and everybody have a good night. See y'all next Friday. Bye.